0: I tell you, it does make me want to go save the universe. I mean, it's a good theme. David, I, David Newman, you did a good job. I'm like, I have no capability whatsoever, but I want to go do it. You know, the SpaceX crew got back today. Do you think they had a similar experience being like non astronauts in space? Did they go somewhere? Yeah. Like, have I not been keeping up? No, I mean, why would you? But <laughs> I don't care about what those millionaires do in space. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So let's talk about some fictional millionaires in space. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we have one job on this podcast. It's stupid, but we're going to do it. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 1999 science fiction parody film galaxy quest guys it's here it's here welcome to my last selection for birthday month i have been antsy to do this all week i'm glad you're excited i'm glad this is one of my favorite movies of all time we've got some great talent here with us today and we've just got just a whirlwind of a plot so (laughs) this is very um would you describe this as meta oh very meta yes meta meta yeah yeah (laughs) we'll get into that sure before we get started, don't forget, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, <laughs> retweet. <laughs> Sorry. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. Guys, I'm seeing some fantastic engagement right now. Yes guys please keep it up pod nation thank you yes absolutely. without your retweets it, we wouldn't have gotten some high traffic on that Jimmy Neutron episode so yeah I we do, appreciate I'm it I'm glad y'all enjoyed the Jimmy Neutron episode cause that was that was a fave for me alright you ready to get beamed up stop <laughs> like I would rather get beamed up Star Trek style than get beamed up Galaxy Quest style you know what I mean
1: in the far reaches of the galaxy civilization is under siege we are all that is left they've searched the universe for a leader stay tuned for scenes from next week's galaxy quest never give up never surrender you will save us what they got never give up and never surrender we're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? <laughs> Okey dokey. And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing look like little children hi little guy oh, done. dreamworks pictures presents tim allen sigourney weaver alan rickman galaxy quest you're just gonna have to kill it well go for the mouth The throw his vulnerable spots there's a rock it doesn't have any vulnerable spots <laughs>
0: So my favorite fact I've learned about this movie so far Tell is that Star Trek fans <laughs> voted it the seventh best Star Trek film in 2013, <laughs> at which time there were already 10 movies. Seven out of 10. It's not even a real Star Trek film. An impressive 74 votes for Jesus. <laughs> 29 for <laughs> Fuck You. Like, I had no idea this was even an option. This movie is the definition of a cult following. Yeah, no, this has definitely got uh, culty vibes to it. I feel like I, I feel like when this movie came out, no one was excited for it. Yeah, I know. And then, like, I feel like you know, I don't know. Within its first ten years of existence, the hype grew more and more and more. Yeah, because within those ten years, it stopped being a bad thing to be a nerd. This is one of those films that you know our father, introduced to me. Absolutely. And, like, just, because, you know, dad was, listen, I don't know if dad was a huge Star Trek fan as a child, like, when it was actually coming out. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, I know that his older brother was. (laughs) Our dad has a a stepbrother, Jim. Hi, Jim. I know you're not listening, but... (laughs) Greetings. Um, and Jim was obsessed with that stuff. He was the science fiction nerd. He, my dad said he was always inspired by Jim, G- because Jim would, you know, get the models and make the models of mm-hmm. the USS Enterprise and all this <laughs> stuff and make the maps. We will see some Jims in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, thank you. The world thanks the Jims out there. <laughs> so, you know, dad would always put this on and go, this is hilarious. Watch this with me. <laughs> It is hilarious! It is hilarious, and you don't even really have to be a huge science fiction nerd to enjoy it, I don't think. But the more of a sci-fi nerd you are, the more you enjoy it. Oh, of course. There are jokes within jokes within jokes about sci-fi in general, and like how sci-fi is produced in media, yes. and the people that act in these projects, It's it's so layered. We're not going to have time to talk about all of my favorite things, and that makes me sad it made 45 million dollars at least it made money yeah it it came out on christmas 1999 that's so funny what is it with all these films being couched into christmas i don't know but that really explains to me why they push so hard to get a pg rating so that parents would bring their kids this is also dreamworks yeah i know I I, i i never pay attention to that but it is you might have guessed it but we have names Playing Jason Nesmith today, we have Tim Allen. Please welcome back Tim Allen to Kicking and Streaming. He was with us uh, last Christmas when we did uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Yes, he was. Or was that last Christmas? Was, it, that, was it, that season one or two? I think that was season two. I, 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 we, <laughs> guys, we don't really have seasons, but like you know, we take a break every January, so <laughs> make that your cutoff thing. Um, Tim Allen is, of course, notable for his appearances in uh, the Santa Claus franchise. <laughs> And uh, we personally love him as the voice of Buzz Lightyear in the uh, Toy Story franchise. Yes. That's my favorite Tim Allen role. It is. don't have to look at his face. Yeah, I
1: know. I'm sure I've made
0: that (laughs) comment in the past. And uh, yeah, if we could just shoot all the nuclear waste into space with Tim Allen, that'd be great. (laughs) please welcome back in her third kicking and streaming appearance Miss Sigourney Weaver she is playing Gwen DeMarco for us today yes she is and she obviously you know her from The Village she was in Holes when we covered Holes she herself is a reference oh of course because she is the star of the Alien franchise she's Ellen Ripley guys I mean come on one of the greatest female leads in all of film and which we did not cover for my Alien themed (laughs) birthday month but we still did get Sigourney of course she did there's a reason she's in this movie (laughs) also with Tim Allen yeah I know being Buzz Lightyear I love it playing Alexander Dane today oh my god in his first kicking and streaming appearance we have Mr. Alan Rickman (sighs) Alan, (laughs) when I think of him I get so weepy because I just like I never think about him being gone I know and he's you know five years gone at this point R.I.P. He is, of course, best known for his portrayal of Severus Snape in the Harry Potter saga. He is also very well known for his uh, early work with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, He played like pretty much every severe role (laughs) in Shakespeare back in the uh, uh, 70s. That's why he's called Alexander Dane, as in the Dane from Hamlet. He is um, the sheriff of Nottingham in that 93, 94 version of Robin Hood. Yes. Or whatever. Playing Fred Kwan today, we have (laughs) Tony Shalhoub. Hi, Tony. It's Monk. Yes, it is Monk. It's Monk. He was also famous for being on Wings, wasn't he, or Taxi? It was one of them, was but it? I can't remember if it was Land <laughs> or Sky. Guys, at Kick Stream, was he in Wings or Taxi? We don't know. Tony Shalhoub. It was Wings. Okay, good, 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 good. He's also in Spy Kids. Yes, I, I forget about that all the time. He's Minion. He's Minion, playing Guy Fleegman. We have Sam Rockwell. What do I know him from? The Green Mile. Oh. You might also recognize him from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's in A Midsummer Night's Dream, and he was also in The Charlie Angels, I think the first one. The Charlie Angels? The Charlie Angels, yes. Yes. Oh, and Cowboys and Aliens! Oh, really? You remember that Wild Nuts shit? That Wild Nuts (laughs) shit? I don't remember the specific Wild Nuts shit you're talking about, but... Playing Tommy Weber today, we have Daryl Mitchell... Daryl Mitchell is most famous I think for being on NCIS New Orleans. Uh-huh. Like I I hate that for him, but I, I think that is the I think that is the way of it. I like him. I do too. He's un- he needs to be in more things. Do you know who plays the little version of him? Yes, I do. Tell me about it. Corbin Blue. Yeah. The star of High School Musical. Oh my god. You remember that sick track he had back then? Got to push, push, push it. Push it to, to the, the limit, limit. Yeah. Push it to the limit, limit, cause we're in it to win it. are today. We have Enrico Colantoni. Please welcome him back in his second kicking and streaming appearance. He was with us as a uh, Department of Homeland Security Agent Dennis French back when we did Contagion. He was also in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, that Mr. Rogers thing, Numbers, Stargate. So he's also kind of a reference. We have uh, some other mentions. We have Patrick Breen. He's actually been here on the show with us before. Has he? When we we did Christmas with the Cranks. That's right. He's the guy from the stationery store. He plays in Galaxy Quest. He plays Quellick. We will oh, we will have all the Quellick feels later. But he does play Alvi Mrs. Crank, we haven't talked about your Christmas cards yet. You always <laughs> order the most beautiful cards, Mrs. Crank. She's not ordering Christmas cards either. Yes, <laughs> the busybody from the stationery shop. We have Missy Pyle. The first time I became aware of Missy Pyle, she plays uh, a Thermian in this called Laliari. Yeah, Laliari. La- Laliari. But the first time I became aware of Missy Pyle, and let me tell you, a very uh, notable movie. You might have heard of it. It's called Home Alone 4. (laughs) (laughs) Or no, is it 5? I think it might be 5. I I don't know. I think it's 4 that she's in, where she's one of the bad guys. Uh, She's also, oh yes, she's in the 2005 remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as Mrs. Beauregard. And she was in Big Fish when we covered Big Fish. Oh wait, yeah, that's right, she was. And she was in Dodgeball. Oh god, wait. Wait. Okay, sorry, I wasn't here for Dodgeball, was I? No, you weren't. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. But speaking of Dodgeball, who else do we have? We have Justin Long. Is he the star of Dodgeball? He's not the star of Dodgeball. He's definitely a background character in Dodgeball, but he's in Dodgeball. And we cannot, we would not deign to deny the mention <laughs> of Mr. Rain Wilson. He's one of Dwight Schrute from The Office, guys. This is before he made it big.
1: Sir, I am Lank, Senior Requisition Officer. Before we travel to the ship, please let me know if you have any requirements. Weapons, documents, personnel. Um, uh, Coca-Cola, do you have one of those? I love him so much. He looks so cute. He's so young.
0: (laughs) I love it when you say young now. You say it like it's spelled Y-O-N-G. It's uh, it's how Baltimore people say it. (laughs) Young. She's so... (laughs) Yong. <laughs> We've got so many great people today. We I, do, we do. I am living uh I can't I, I can't wait. Alright, you ready? Uh-huh. Never, never give, give up. up. Never, never surrender. surrender. So this movie is about a group of sci-fi television stars who are all now washed up and they're living their worst nerd convention lives when they are contacted by actual alien life. And the movie starts off by showing us footage from this lost episode of this Star trekian style show. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Everything about this clip slaps of sci-fi television, especially the music. This is literally Galaxy Quest Convention 18. We're showing this at. <laughs> I love the people in the audience dressed up as fake Klingons and or whatever the Galaxy Quest equivalent of Klingons are. Yeah, we're like we're at, we're at Galaxy Con. Like literally like people are dressed up like the like the guys from the show, the people in the ship, they're doing the, the little hand gesture, they put their fists to their chest. Oh my god, I am so ready for cons again, man. We're going tomorrow. You. Oh, that's right. Carrie Ann and Gavin are going to Gen Con tomorrow. I've got my vaccine. I've got my mask. (laughs) We are going to Gen Con. I am living this crowd full of people in full Galaxy Quest cosplay. They are my people. Absolutely. Do you want to establish uh, this group of actors and who they play on Galaxy Quest? Yeah, this is going to be really confusing because... No, this is why I didn't want to do this at the top because it's really confusing because we literally have actors playing actors who play characters on a show Mm -hmm. within the movie. So here we go. In this clip, we get to see the inside Of the NSEA Protector, which is almost an exact copy of the command deck of the original SS Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And, like, all the characters we meet are absolutely plucked from Star Trek as well. We meet the character Tommy Weber, who played Lieutenant Laredo on the show, and he's the Will Wheaton character. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, everybody else is a full-grown adult, and he's, like, 12, and he flies. What? What's going on (laughs) with that? Don't let the children... Don't let the children operate the spacecrafts. Throwback to Jimmy Neutron. I know, right? (laughs) And then we also have Fred Kwan, who is playing Tech Sergeant Chen, the ship's chief engineer. And I kind of realized today, and, and this is me being a dumb white person, but I kind of realized today that the thing about his character is that back in the day, he's actually in Yellowface. Oh my god. Quan's not even his real name. He says it later in the movie. Yeah. Quan's not even his real name. And so, like, I just, it's not funny. It's just like, I can't believe I've never realized that before. And then we have Alexander Dane as Doctor Lazarus. He's the Spock character. Of course, he is. He's half alien, half human. He's got a fin head cap on all the time. He's not Vulcan. He's MacTar. <laughs> yes, MacTarian. I yeah. don't know. Yes, that's it. That's his species. And he is very famous for his Shakespearean-like presence. And he's got he's got a catchphrase. Yeah. See Leonard Nimoy. See Patrick Stewart. Whatever. <laughs>
1: I grab Thar's hammer, we live to tell the tale. Systems registered functional. All systems are working, Commander.
0: Then we have Gwen DeMarco, Lieutenant Tawny Madison. She's the Uhura. She's the comms officer. Yes. But they reduce her even further in this movie by characterizing her job as just repeating what the computer says. That's literally her only function on that team. (laughs) Her character's only function on that team is to repeat the things that the computer is saying out loud. And she's the target of all the objectification because she's the hot one. Uh She's the one with the tits. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And Tawny, as a character, is also in love with the Captain Kirk character. Speaking of the Captain Kirk character. yeah, We have Jason Nesmith playing Commander Peter Quincy Taggart. He's obviously the Kirk Shatner stereotype, archetype. He absolutely chews the scenery. The acting is so bad. He's the Chevy Chase character. <laughs> they put a mullet wig on Tim Allen, and I just don't know how I feel about uh, it. Yeah. It's so I, I, bad. I don't either. Also... How many years are supposed to have been of last between the show and this? Like eighteen? Yeah, it's been like eighteen years and since it, the show was shot. No one has aged a bit, <laughs> except for except for except for Tommy. Yeah, because he was a literal child. <laughs> now he is an adult. And in this clip, crew, the crew of the Protector is being fired upon by these enemy aliens, and their ship has taken all this damage. It's very dramatic.
1: It's a core meltdown, sir. It can't be stopped. Surrender may be our only option. No, never give up, never surrender.
0: You order, sir? Mm
1: -hmm. Sir, who orders? Activate the Omega 13.
0: And so we come out of that, and that's when we realize as an audience that we're we're at Galaxy Con, and we are actually at a cast panel, which is just one of the best things you can do at cons, Yes, is go and watch people in a thing you're obsessed with talk about the thing you're obsessed with. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And our host for this panel is a dude named Guy Fleegman, which, <laughs> woof. He was in, like, <laughs> one episode of the show 18 years ago. yeah. He played the proverbial red-shirt character on the show, those guys in the crew who always die before the first commercial break. Indeed. And Guy will be with us throughout.
1: And now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, the intrepid crew of the N.S.E.A. Protector!
0: And most of them still have some pretty healthy attitudes about being on the show, like doing these sorts of things, going to cons and events. It's a source of income for them. (laughs) It is a source of income Because they're all out-of-work actors, (laughs) and this is like the one thing. You know who can't stomach it, though? Hmm. Alexander. Yeah, uh, Sir Alexander Dane. (laughs) Um, This is all, I think, just a little bit. I think he thinks he's just a bit too good for all of this. He's at his makeup mirror, really like taking stock of his life in his reflection. I love Alan Rickman.
1: How did I come to this? Not again. I played Richard the Five curtain calls. There were five curtain calls. I was an actor once. Damn it! Now look at me. Look at me. I can't go out there and I won't say that stupid line one more time.
0: He's had these tantrums before. <laughs> he. This is a regular thing. Long story short, every single member of that cast hates Jason. <laughs> Because, Peter Taggart. Yeah, because Jason, you know, being the Kirk Shatner character. He's the most famous of all of them. He's the most famous of all of them. And he also thinks that he's, he's hot shit. He thinks he's so famous that he can be famous independently of them. He's 90 minutes late to this convention. <laughs> and they all hate him. Like, they just all collectively hate him. I wrote, they all hate Jason. I hate
1: him too, because he's Tim Allen. <laughs> Whew. Your commander is on deck. Ha ha! Wow, that smog is thick today, huh? Am I too late for Alexander's panic attack? Apparently not.
0: While they're all fighting, Alexander's trying to run! No, Alex literally puts on a trench coat and tries- (laughs) there he goes, he's running! (laughs) And he tries to leave the stage! And like, meanwhile, in the background, you can hear Guy introducing <laughs> all of them. And the guy the, the guy with the headphones backstage is like, stretch it. <laughs> stretch it. He's not here yet. <laughs> and I, I, love, I love Jason trying to stop Alex. Come on,
1: old friend. Old friend. friend. You stole all my best lines. You cut me out of episode two entirely. You will go out there. I won't. And Nothing you say will make me. The show must go on.
0: They take to signing autographs for everyone, right? Jason gets his own table Mm -hmm. on a platform by himself to sign all these autographs. He's, like, literally higher than the rest of them. And the rest of them have to sit at a table by themselves off to the side. Yeah, and he's, like, holding up the line because he's just holding court with a bunch of these kids. And, like, when he's not holding things up, he's making fuck-me-eyes at Gwen. I love that Gwen gets pulled aside to take a photo with a bunch of Gwen impersonators. And cosplayers, you- Ross. They're called cosplayers. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Literally, these kids, these these re- these hardcore fandom nerds, walk up to walk up to Jason and are trying to get him to discuss with them these blueprints <laughs> for the NSCA Protector. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, I I, I have to court her, an actress. And (laughs) he goes over to Gwen, and he's literally trying to put the moves on her in front of everyone. She has completely resented the fact that their characters were, like, kind of romantically involved on the show, like a will-they-won't-they kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, he's just always used it as an excuse to hit on her, and I think that's gross.
1: Crewman Madison, (laughs) the mist of the strange planet is filling my head with such thoughts... It was cute when I didn't know you.
0: He's following her out of the exhibit hall, and this weird group of people stops him. I need you to think about what I'm saying. A weird group of people at a sci-fi convention. I love Later when he refers to them as Dalmatians. (laughs) Because their skin is alabaster and they have all, they have these bowl, these black hair bowl cuts. And they're all wearing matching outfits. They're, they're wearing outfits like the crew wears from the t- from the TV show. So they could just be any fans, yeah, right? Yeah, they don't really do, they don't really stand out too much in my opinion. But they are acting weird. Like, they're like doing the full Jim Carrey method cosplay. And they, s- they're speaking differently. Commander. Excuse me. I must speak to you. It is a matter of supreme importance. We are Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula, and we need your help. Speaking most differently, I think, is Mathasar. Oh, yes, Mathasar, their leader, and he's flanked by Rain Wilson and Missy Pyle. Yes. Jason brushes them off, too, because he's trying to set his phasers from stun to fuck, and Gwen (laughs) does not have any time for it. He goes to the bathroom, right? And there's all these men in the urinals, and these this group of guys comes in, and they're like, "What a bunch of freaks! <laughs> <laughs> this like, is bad. This is bad." He uses a word that's really foul. Yeah, he uses the uh, R slur. These guys haven't had a relaxing job
1: for. 20 years. This is all they've got. Dude, did you check out Nesmith?
0: He actually gets off on those retards thinking he's a space commander. Oh, and his friends. I know, they can't stand
1: him. him. Did you hear him ragging on him in there? Dude,
0: he has no idea. He's a laughingstock, even
1: to his buddies. pathetic.
0: He's a laughingstock, even to his buddies. Did you hear them ragging on him out there? They can't stand him. And this kind of puts Jason in a stupor, like, oh, am I actually nothing? This happened to William Shatner. Oh, I bet. he. This actually happened to him in 1986. He was in a bathroom, and these guys came in talking about how lame he was. So that just ruins his whole convention. And that group of kids that came up to him before when he blew them off, they're led by this kid named Brandon. This is Justin Long. Yes. And... It's it breaks my heart because Brandon is so cute and so nerdy, and you can tell he's practiced what he's getting ready to ask him. Indeed. Like this is a very big moment for him and all his friends. And Jason takes his head off.
1: It's just a television show, that's all, okay? (laughs) Right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux, and I just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary, there's no goddamn shit.
0: You got it! And then he just storms out of there, and I'm like, oh my god. Then my next note is, this is all I need. Tim Allen drinking with no pants on. Yeah, he spends the whole night in front of his TV in his wallless home. It's all windows. He's like up on the top of a mountain somewhere. Eat the rich! (laughs) And he's just sad drinking in his underwear watching reruns of the show. When he wakes up the next morning with his face on the floor, (laughs) and he can hear the the tapping on on the glass, he opens his eyes, and the Thermians (laughs) from the convention, you know, the Dalmatians- It's like they're tapping on the glass of a fish tank. And they're all leaning over, looking at him, and as he slowly gets up, they slowly lean upward. (laughs) He thinks they're here to take him to some low-budget interview for a cable show. They think that he thinks that they're the groupies getting his limo for him for the event. Yeah, and but they treat him with a lot of really undue reverence, like saluting him and only referring to him as Commander. Yeah, like they don't call him Jason or Mister Nesbit or not Nesbit. That's
1: I am Mrs. <laughs> Nesbit. You see the hat. I am Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> <laughs> Snap out of it, Buzz!
0: Nesmith. What? Nesmith. It's a stupid name. But it's Tim Allen, yeah. so. And so he gets in the limo with them, and they are so obviously aliens, but he's so self-absorbed he's just not picking it up.
1: No. You know, guys, I had a late night with a Cremorian Fangor beast, so um, I'm going to just shut my eyes for a bit go on. and I'm listening to everything you say. Okay? In the five million years following the great nebula burst, our people were one people, but then came the Zaktar migration, and then the Melosian shift.
0: They are from the planet Thermia, and their species is, uh, their species actually doesn't look like Humanoids? They have appearance generators on to look like humans. Because they, in actuality, look like giant squids. Yeah, they look like squid
1: people.
0: So they're using these devices so they can move around on Earth. And <laughs> their species is being threatened by this race of reptilian humanoids led by this really bad guy named Saris. I refer to them in my notes as space orcs, <laughs> <laughs> lizard space. Space orcs? I can't wait to talk about the the lizard space orcs. I honestly can't. The Thermians have seen transmissions of Galaxy Quest episodes. And because the concept of art doesn't exist on their planet, they think it's real. They think he's actually Peter Quincy Taggart and he can help them fight these aliens. But he's dozing off in the backseat of this limo. He's not even paying attention to what they're saying. The way the Thermians walk and run makes me bust every time because they're aliens trying to pretend to be humans and, but they can't do it right <laughs> because like you know us when we walk and run our legs and arms interchange when they swing <laughs> they don't every time their right leg moves their right arm moves and it makes for a really funny walk some Monty Python nonsense. And like when they try to laugh, when they try to simulate human laughter, they can't. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> They're so adorable. I love them the, so the, much. The Thermians are my favorite part of the movie. He falls asleep at the back of the limo and completely misses them getting beamed up into the ship. And when he wakes up, Lala how do you say her name again? Laliari. Laliari, Missy Pyle, the, the female alien, basically. She's like escorting him around an actual spaceship. But he just thinks he's on a set. Yeah. Yeah, they are actually in space, guys. (laughs) He's not taking any of this seriously. She takes him onto a real command deck, puts him in a real captain's chair, and they start booting up the comms. They get Saris on the Zoom call. We're negotiating for Saris and the the crab space orcs (laughs) not to kill them.
1: I see fear that is expected. Ah... They bring a new commander. It's good. It's Here are, I mean, you are my know, it commands. Looks... And if I do not hear what I like, Real. then there will be blood and pain, mm. as you cannot imagine.
0: Do you want to talk about Ceres for a second? Listen, Ceres is a beautiful creation. Like, he's pretty butt-ugly. But, like, the practical effect that goes into making his race in this movie is just kind of god-tier. Yeah, you can so, like, you can look at him and you know so much about his species. Because they look like they're wearing armor, these aliens. Uh But the armor-looking things are really parts of their body. Yeah. So, like, this is a really, like, militarized race of aliens that just kind of love carnage. The guy that plays Saris is a guy named Robert Sachs. He's not very well known in the United States, but he is very well known in Great Britain. He was on a lot of Great Britain television and sci-fi things (laughs) in in the UK. I think he's been on Doctor Who. Yeah. Because Jason is not taking any of this seriously, he just nonchalantly tells the Thermians to fire on this alien ship. (laughs) All the Thermians are like, uh-huh. Uh what what? <laughs> and he's trying to leave. <laughs> and, and like he yeah, he's trying to find the way out <laughs> or the way back to his car. <laughs> And, and Mathisar is like, "Hey, where are you going?" He's like, "But sir, you fired upon him. What are we going to do? What if he retaliates?" He doesn't know that this is not a gig. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, if you have any more problems with him, just call me back." You know, like, "Bada bing, bada boom." Two, you know, two pointer fingers. You know, and they they're like, "Okay, he wants to go." Jimmy up a pod for him, and they put him in this room, and he's standing on this platform. Hey, where's my limo? Huh? He gets this, this, this blue ooze comes up out of the floor and envelops his entire body. And then the ship begins to open. These graphics are God dear. (laughs) And we get this beautiful, magnificent space vista. (laughs) with the with the saturn like planet and the the black hole and it's gorgeous it's so gorgeous the animation is pretty amazing and he's like pretty flabbergasted and i'm like oh god that's where i wrote oh god it's real And he just appears by his pool back in L.A. (laughs) It just cuts to him standing by his pool, shaking steam coming off his body. He's been traumatized. We then cut to the grand opening of the Tech Value... What's it called? I don't know. I literally just wrote like a big tech store, like like a Best Buy. The Tech Value Superstore. I don't know. Something like that. The rest of the cast is in full costume as their Galaxy Quest characters. And of course, they're missing Jason. There's no one there. There's like no one there. The parking lot is not even half full. It's so sad. They're all up there looking excited to cut the ribbon, and they're all saying their little lines. And when it comes to Alexander's turn, he can't <laughs> Gwen, do it. Gwen has to nudge him. And-
1: <laughs> By Grabthar's Hammer. What a savings. <laughs> I love
0: that. I howl every time. <laughs> By Gratthor's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> what a saving. It absolutely kills him. <laughs> he's He's dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Jason has been looking all over for them at the convention, and he's crossing through the parking lot. He shows up looking rough. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's crossing the convention center parking lot to this store opening, and on the way... He crashes into Brandon and his friends again. Who would just go wherever Galaxy Quest goes. Hey, they're questarians, man. They're true questarians. Fandom or die. And both he and Brandon drop their little communicators. Brandon's is obviously a toy, but they end up switching communicators on accident. So Jason takes the toy, and Brandon, the real nerd, <laughs> walks off with the actual. What's that called? They're called Voxes. Yes. And so he goes up to the table of the rest of the cast. They're all signing autographs. And he's trying to explain to them what's happened to him. (laughs) Why do you even bother to show up? (laughs) He's like, no, guys, you don't understand. I was abducted by aliens.
1: He's like, it's all real. I was there. (laughs) I was up there. Remember yesterday at the convention? Those people dressed like aliens. They were aliens. (laughs) They were termites or or Dalmatians. I can't really remember because I was kind of hung over. But what they built was extraordinary. It was a huge spaceship. I got to fight this guy named Sarah, and I kicked his ass. And he's like, no,
0: listen, I can prove it. Look! And holds up his vox and they all take out their own voxes <laughs> and they're like, yeah, dumbass, we all have one of these. He's like, can you talk to outer space on those? He's picked up Brandon's toy. And so he looks like an ass. He chases them all to the truck and he's like, no, come on, guys, come on, don't you want to go with me? And what ends up happening is the rest of them realize that he could be talking about an actual job. Right? he was drunk. Do you really think he was talking about a job? And they're all so jazzed about getting actual work, they don't want him to go to another gig without them they find laliari in a stock room not too far away from guy yeah guy wants to come too guys like i'm coming too <laughs> and then the same thing happens to them they get all beamed up to the ship in these in goo-paws. these gooey space condoms <laughs> and when they appear on the actual ship and they look like they've just shit their pants and they're shaking. Oh, God. And grunting. And they're like, what the fuck just happened? I bet they feel like their intestines almost got pulled out their ass. I bet, yeah. The cast can barely walk. <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is happening? And it's really just kind of sinking in here that it is all real. And, like, Jason comes in. He's in full captain's uniform. He is so jazzed to show them around. He introduces the cast slash crew to Mathazar and his team. And the way... Those Thermians are all genuinely in awe of them. They think they're space heroes.
1: You know us? No. Ah. I don't believe there is a man, woman, or child on my planet who does not. A year since we first received transmission of your historical documents, we have studied every facet of your missions and strategies. You've been watching the show? Lieutenant, historical documents.
0: The Thermians are the real super fans. I love that they refer to the TV episodes as historical documents. Yeah, they think it's all factual stuff that just happened to get filmed. Because it just got, by accident, transmitted to them? Uh Uh-huh. What if it was a toaster satellite? (laughs) Like from Jimmy Neutron? What if Jimmy Neutron put all the Galaxy Quest episodes on a toaster satellite (laughs) and shot them at the Thermians? Who knows? If you could blast one show into space for aliens to binge watch... What would you pick and why? This is hard. (laughs) Probably SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Probably SpongeBob SquarePants. Just speaking for my generation here. They don't know that it's all like a lie. They think that they legitimately think it's all real. They've made it real. They've taken fandom a step further than it could ever go and actualized this show. Can 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 you imagine how hard you and I would thermiate something like this? (laughs) Yes! Yes. Yes, I can! They have completely rebuilt an exact replica of the NSEA protector. An actual gigantic spaceship like that. They're in a starport for the actual ship. And, like, Jason puts them all in the elevator, and it's like a glass elevator. So when they show up in the starport, they can see it through the glass.
1: Oh, my God. It's real.
0: I can't even imagine the thing—the thing that you're in. Like you're a—you're not a doctor. You just play one on TV or whatever. Yeah. You're not—you're not an astronaut. You just play one on TV, and then all of a sudden, it's real. Obviously, the cast has some concerns. They are not actual space heroes. They're actors, not astronauts. But Jason is eating it all up. He loves it because now it's real. Oh, he's giddy. And he's not, you know, a laughingstock here. He takes them up to the command deck to show them, like, the actual space where they all used to act all the time. Yeah. Recreated before their eyes. And, like, Mathazar has them all take their places where they normally stand on the show. And they're actually going to take off in this ship. <laughs> and I love how Jason turns to Tommy and goes, all right, Laredo, take us out.
1: Laredo, take us out. Excuse me? Huh. They designed those controls after watching you pick her <clears> out. <throat> right. Right. Okay.
0: He starts the engine, and it, it starts going forward, <laughs> and it's pretty fucking cool, and everybody's like, holy shit. It's a historic moment for the Thermians. It is, and I love how he's just lazing a little bit too far to the left, <laughs> and he scrapes the whole... The whole port side of the starboard. I mean, it's your first time piloting an actual gigantic spacecraft. Thank you for the appropriate display for the first time of operating a gigantic (laughs) spacecraft. Once we get out into space, we throw the autopilot on and we go to dinner. And Mathazar is telling them about what Saris wants from them, which is the Omega-13. He really wants to know what's up with Omega-13. He's never seen this show, these quote historical documents, but he found out about the Omega-13 by torturing their last leader. When he shows them, when Mathazar shows them the footage of their last leader being tortured.
1: After three days of this, you still require... Incentive! I have told you all I know. If you have any mercy within you, please let me die. When I grow weary of the noises you make, you shall die!
0: And I love how when they're done watching that, you just cut to them trying to find an exit. They're like, it's not real. It's not real. Get me the fuck out of here. Wait, guys, think. Just think. Think. He wants to think. Alex is my favorite character. <laughs> they want to leave the ship, but Sarus is outside. Like him and his whole armada are right outside the door. Your presence is requested on the command deck. So they get onto the command deck and they ring Sarus on the zoom, and he's threatening to blow them up over the Omega 13. Jason's like, listen, that that bombing that I did earlier on you guys, listen, it was a big misunderstanding. They start getting fired on by Saris. <laughs> There's the red thingy moving toward the green thingy. I think we're the green thingy. They've got all these missiles coming at them, and the ship starts taking a lot. Of damage, and so you know Tommy tries to get them the hell out of there, and then has to go to warp speed. Oh no, Jason's like, I press turbo. I always say press turbo. I did press turbo. Well, press it and hold it down, <laughs> and they do in fact go turbo. And, <laughs> and then, then I love that Fred comes up on the
1: screen. And he's goes,
0: like down there with the engineers, It's <laughs> just too calm. Hi
1: guys, listen, they're they're telling me the. Uh... But the, the, the generators won't take it. The ship is breaking apart and all that. Just FYI. We've got to stop! We are stopping. we die. Tommy, just hold that thing down. Yeah, hold that turbo down. It's a quick boost. Oh, like you know.
0: And this is where we slow up into the Tothian minefield. We have to navigate a minefield? There are these tiny pyramidic... Mines, Pyramidic. Yeah, and it's a word, right? (laughs) Maybe. And they start flying through this mine, which is the remnants of an old battle, and these mines are magnetized. Which is just cruel. It is, and so (laughs) anything that flies through here is getting blown up. They managed to lose Saris in the minefield. But then they fucked up the whole ass ship by flying through it. Yeah, they incur massive damages. <laughs> with, I, I love the shot of the protector just floating aimlessly. <laughs> and they're all sat down in, like, I don't know, the conference room. Yeah, we're at a damage report. And this part is frustrating because the computer will only interact with Lieutenant Madison. Yeah, with, yeah. With Gwen. With Gwen. And so she has to repeat everything they say to the computer, then repeat what the computer said to her.
1: Computer, is
0: there a replacement beryllium sphere
1: on board? Negative. Uh. No reserve beryllium sphere Uh. exists on board. No, we have no extra beryllium sphere on board. You know, that is really getting annoying. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay?
0: So there is this thing... There is this sphere made out of beryllium. A beryllium sphere is what powers their engines. And it's damaged beyond repair. So they have to find a new source of beryllium to make the ship go. And I, I hate this because the Thermians come in to, like, take responsibility for this whole thing going sideways, <laughs> even though it was in no way their fault. I love how they're, like, they all just kind of have to agree that, like, okay, maybe we need to tell them... That we are not who we say we are. Yeah. And that we're not up for this. We're, and... we're going to get them all killed. They're trying to explain the concept of film and television to these aliens. I love how Gwen goes, I mean, surely you don't think that Gilligan's Island is re-, And they all just like <laughs> bow their heads. <laughs> Those, Those poor, poor people. people.
1: <laughs> they don't get it. Is there no one on your planet who behaves in a way that's contrary to reality? you are speaking of Except deception lies. lies we have only recently become aware of this concept in our dealings with saris often saris will say one thing and do another promise us mercy but deliver destruction it is a concept we are beginning to learn at some great cost
0: they have no guile you know what i mean uh-huh. they have no concept of deception. Yes. We have only recently become aware of this. Often Ceres will promise us things and then go back on it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, these poor people. Can you imagine living amongst a race of people that doesn't know what deception is? I know. Why isn't it so pure? It I, is. I love the Thermians. They have located a nearby planet that is a very strong source of beryllium so they can fix the engines, right? Yes. And we're all getting ready to go down to this planet. And this is where we meet Quellic, who is the dearest baby. I I love Quellic. He's another Thermian. He's a very, very big fan of Dr. Lazarus. Yes, he is.
1: I have studied your missions extensively. Though I am Thermian, I have lived my life by your philosophy, by the code of the Mactar. Oh, good. That's very nice. By Grabthar's hammer, Dr. Lazarus. Don't do that. I'm not kidding. I'm sorry, sir, I was only... Just don't.
0: His devotion is very dear, and that will come back to hurt us in a very big way. The main crew get in a pod, and they go down to this unnamed planet. (laughs) The the ride down to the planet... (laughs) Guy? Guy's like, I want to go back. Take me back. And then Alex is like, after all the fuss you made about being left behind? Guy is in a full-blown crisis. He thinks he's gonna take two steps off of this pod and get eaten by something. Because he was always just the guy that died in the first five minutes, right? And it's all real
1: now! You're not gonna die on the planet, Guy. I'm not? what's my last name? It's, uh, um, uh, I don't know. Nobody knows! Do you know why? Because my character isn't important enough for a last name. Because I'm going to die five minutes in. Die. you have a last name. Do I? Do I? Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: He is just I I I love him. He I love is him so much. So on edge, they land and Fred immediately opens the pod. And guy goes, "What are you doing? Don't open that! Is there air? You don't know." Fred, Fred, who was eating one of those breadstick snack he's, things, he's eating tiny breadsticks with cheese on the way down. Where did he get them? Were they just like in his pocket? Yeah. When he came into outer space they must have been oh my god we land on this dusty arid rocky planet it's like the valleys of tatooine or something just about and they're using this cool little gps thing that's tracking a beryllium sphere they can use for a big battery basically they come upon this like old outdated mining facility which is run by these uh cherubic um, the alien children. Yeah, I wrote alien children with cherubic features. I like to think this is what Jawas look like out, <laughs> out of their robes. Really? Yeah. From Star Wars? Yeah. The Jawas? <laughs> Those things with the creepy little eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I love how Guy immediately is not fooled. He's like, they're gonna get aggressive here in about two seconds. <laughs> There's gonna be thousands of them and we won't know what to do. And sure enough, one of these injured aliens, like, limps up to this watering trough they're all drinking from. And it looks like they're going to help him. Yeah. And but like, no. No. <laughs> it gets real scary they, real fast. They commit cannibalism and tear him apart. Didn't know we were going to get some, light like, cannibalism today, did you? I'm
1: sick of being right. Oh. oh. oh.
0: oh. 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 One of those things kills God.
1: Wait, wait a minute. We're not going anywhere without a beryllium sphere.
0: So Tommy and Guy are assigned lookout duty while the rest of them go down to get a sphere to roll back to the pod. They're, they get the sphere. They get a hold of it. But as they're rolling it out, but, you know, exactly what Guy said would happen is about to happen. <laughs> all these little aliens start chasing them all the way to the pod. And, like, they are just, they are barely keeping up. They're forced to leave Jason behind because they pull him out of the ship at the last second. Yeah. The, the minor children knock Jason out with a rock. I love when they're talking over him. What is it? It looks weird. Hit it with a rock. And then we'll eat it. And just knocks him out cold. And then he is awakened by, uh, I don't know, a, a space hog, a space pig, a pig lizard. This pig lizard thing... It's It's unsettlingly ugly. It's mostly mouth, snoot, and feet. Like, it doesn't have any arms. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like that planet's version of Pumbaa. (laughs) You know what I mean? Cursed Pumbaa! That is a cursed Pumbaa right there. It's like the aliens put him at the bottom of this, like, rocky pass, Uh and they're all standing at the top of it, like they're looking down into an arena. They're chanting, Gorognak or Gorignak? Or? Gorignak. Gar- Gorignak. So the rest of the crew gets back to the ship and they ring Jason on his Vox and they're going to try and use the digital conveyor to beam him back up to the ship. Which is BS, but we're, as every sci-fi thing, <laughs> we're playing fast and loose with our own rules, and it doesn't matter. It's a very structurally dangerous process because this thing literally breaks your matter down and reassembles you back on the ship. Like Mike TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's up there <laughs> in, in a, a million, million pieces. pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and like bad news, it's never been successfully tested.
1: It has never been successfully tested. What did he say? Hold, please. Theoretically, the mechanism is fully operational. However, it was built to accommodate your hmm, anatomy, not ours. But now that Tech Sergeant Chen is here, he can operate it. It was designed watching his motions from the historical documents.
0: So Fred has an attack of confidence, and he tries to use this digital conveyor on the cursed Pumbaa. And <laughs> it's a very dramatic moment, and because we don't know if it's going to work or not. And- this is so fucking nasty! <laughs> I love this part! I love this part! The cursed Pumbaa gets beamed back up into the protector, and it reappears on the deck of the engineering hall, inside out! Uh, uh, and it's pulsing! <laughs> and it's it's shaking! It's all practical! Then putrid green liquid starts spewing out of it! And then the shit explodes! <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs>
1: What? What was that? Uh, uh, uh... nothing. I heard some squealing or something. Oh, no. Everything's fine. But the animal is inside out. I heard that. It turned inside out? <laughs> and it exploded.
0: <laughs> That's the best moment in the film, when they all duck to avoid the explosion <laughs> and... And Teb doesn't. <laughs> and it exploded. I'm sorry. Did you just say that thing turned inside out and then exploded? Even though the cursed Pumbaa is gone, the aliens are still chanting, Garignac, Garignac, Garignac. So they turn on their nifty-difty little bullshit uh, (laughs) alien translator thing.
1: Hey, wait a minute, guys, guys. If the pig lizard is gone, why are they still yelling Garignac? Ted, hit the translation circuit. I don't think the pig lizard was Gorignac. What the hell are you talking about? And like
0: Gorignac, the rock giant, slowly <laughs> forms behind Jason. And like it's so it's so unsettling, even though the CGI is Middling. Yeah, yeah, the graphics here weren't that great. Like I feel like they <laughs> ran out of time. I don't know. <laughs> but they're still they're, st- they're still okay. And Gorignac starts chasing him. And I just I love this whole scene because Fred can't bring himself to digitize Jason. He doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. He doesn't want to turn him inside out. And so Jason and Alex are on the vox arguing back and forth
1: about how to get this thing out of the way. Alex, Dan, you're my advisor, advise me! Well, you're just gonna have to figure out what it wants what is its motivation it's a rock monster have motivation it's your problem Jason you are never serious about the craft
0: Fred finally nuts up when Laliari comes onto the deck and like he sees her and like all of a sudden he wants to be impressive yeah and he goes he literally zips up his uniform like alright and he goes to the panel and it's it's very dramatic he puts his hand over the button
1: down here.
0: Me, and at the last second Jason's ass gets saved and he arrives back on the ship Un- uh, right side in, <laughs> uh, outside in, inside out. No, he arrives. <laughs> he arrives unchained. Inside in. He arrives inside in, and, and like, he does not explode. No, he does not. And like it's an it's a very it's a very celebratory moment because now they can fix the ship. But um, sadly, the space orcs have boarded without their knowing. Yeah, no, it, it's about to get real serious real fast. They've captured Mathazar and they've got him strapped down on the command deck to just like this slab so he can be tortured. They've been torturing him actually. Mm. They've been torturing him for information on the Omega Thirteen, mm. and like he's so he's so proud of himself because he hasn't broken yet. Yeah, and like he's he's been waiting for the rest of the crew to arrive and save him. And Saris's men bring the crew back to the command deck and. Ross, this scene... Yeah, this scene pulls at you, dude. This is the scene. This is the scene where the whole Dumbledore lie falls apart. Terrible, horrible, awful Dumbledore lies. Sarah starts interrogating Jason about the Omega-13. What does it do? Where is it? And of course, Jason can't answer his questions because that episode never got written. Yeah, we literally ha- no one knows. Is a bum? I don't
1: know! <laughs> A booby trap! I don't know! Help me! I don't know! Do you think I'm a fool? Hey. That the uh, commander does not know every uh, bolt, every weld in his ship! Uh, I'm not the commander! What did you say? I said I'm not the commander. And so
0: in order to save everyone, Jason finally has to come clean. Oh, because, like, yeah, because, like, he finally is just like, Gwen, show them. And Gwen's like, computer, show them the historical documents of the Galaxy Quest missions. And the TV show starts playing, and I think it's kind of strange that Saris is just able to understand all at once that it's I, fake. Maybe but... maybe they have TV in whatever reptilian rock he crawled out from under. And Saris is just, like, chuckling with glee and is like, okay, I'm going to be real evil. <laughs> No, he starts laughing like, oh, this is too good. Yeah. This is too good. And he's like, you have done way more damage than I ever could have, guys. <laughs> Congratulations. And then the really wrenching part is where Sarah's is like, no, explain it to him. Explain to Mathazar what you did. Like you would to a child.
1: There's no such person as Captain Taggart. My name is Jason Nesmith. I am a, a actor. We're all actors. We uh we pretended We lied. Oh Yes you understand that, don't you, Mathazar?
0: And just Mathazar's face when he says we lied i know it's all fake and Can like you imagine they've based their entire community around this show yeah yeah all of their science all of their hard work just like with the just like with the kids at the convention uh but like it's just way worse now you know what i'm saying like and like this is probably the most sincere i've ever seen tim allen in a movie you're probably right about that. Like, I feel like there's, like, there's, also, there's obviously actual acting going on here, but the sincerity behind his eyes... Yeah. ...when he says to Mathasar, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mathazar, I
1: am so sorry. God, I am so sorry. So now you know. Lieutenant Lathe, hardwire the reactor core to overload... I would like to blow this troublesome vehicle to dust.
0: Saris is like, all right, take the cast and blow them into space. (laughs) Rig the ship's core to blow and shut off the oxygen downstairs so the rest of the thermians suffocate. Saris's men take the cast to the airlock. They're going to get launched out. This is one of my favorite tropes in film, the fake fight. Yes, yes. When we have a fake fight to get out of a situation because Jason Jason starts picking at Alex. Starts pulling on Alex's chain, <laughs> yeah. And then Alex is like, oh, right,
1: you no good, you know, whatever. How does it feel, Jason? Was it worth it? you murdered us all. Shut up. Hundreds to die just because of you. you shut up. Both of you, uh, get in there! Hundreds to die just because you want to play a big commander, you great thing. Let take i see you in hell, won't
0: I? <laughs> Through this, they are able to trick two of the um, space orc guards from getting into the vacuum instead of them, and then they blow their asses into space <laughs> instead. Now it's time to really start working towards figuring out the Omega-13. So we can't shut down the ship's energy core to keep it from blowing up because the network is damaged. So Jason and Gwen are going to have to go shut it down manually, like go to the place in the ship where it actually lives and shut it off. Yeah, this is the uh, mystery ink, let's split up gang yeah. moment because then uh, Alex and Quellic are going to go and try and save the Thermians who are locked in the barracks, but they've turned the oxygen valve off. Right. So they're, like, slowly suffocating to death. Yeah, and then Fred, Guy, and Laliari are going to try and find a way to deal with the rest of Saras's men. Yes. And then Tommy has to practice driving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they actually have a chance of living. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Was that Sheen get the ship? <laughs> you know? Did you say Tommy learned to drive? Yeah. I mean, I know Tommy and Sheen aren't comparable, but... <laughs> And this is where Gwen is kind enough to point
1: out. So we get to shut down a neutron reactor. That's right. Well, I hate to break it to you, Jason, but I don't know how to shut down a neutron reactor. And unless you took a learning annex course I don't know about, I'm pretty sure you don't know how to shut down a neutron reactor either. No, I don't. But I know someone who does.
0: Remember, he switched communicators with Brandon. Yeah. We find Brandon in his home on Earth working on a model of the protector. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he's—I love him. He's got his whole setup. He's got the magnifying glass so he can see to paint and put things together. (laughs) And his mom's like, hey, take out the trash. You've been in here all day. (laughs) And he's like, ten more minutes, okay? And then, like, she closes the door. And then the voice of Peter Quincy Taggart, Jason Nesmith, just starts speaking to him from nowhere. (laughs) He's like, listen, man, I'm in space, and I need your help. <laughs> Brandon, it's all real. <laughs> and Brandon's like, I knew it. I understand completely that it's
1: just a TV show. <laughs> oh, hold on. I know there's no brilliant Wait a minute. Stop. Stop for a second. Stop. Bear, <laughs> no ship. It's all real. Oh, my God. I knew it. I
0: knew it. I knew it. <laughs>
1: the crew and I are in a lot of trouble, and we need your help.
0: Jason is going to use his vast knowledge of the ship to navigate towards its core. Like, Brandon calls all of his friends in, gets all of his friends online. We get the 1999 Zoom call (laughs) going, the Skype, (laughs) everybody's on AOL. Like messenger AOL online. They all have different groups of files that are actually a walkthrough simulation of the protector. It's insane. Like this is as fandom as you can get without the actual science. This is intergalac- this is this is intergalactic web sleuthing. <laughs> I love them so much. I would be friends with these kids. Of course you would. Jason and Gwen get to the point where they have to cross this beam that is over a giant industrial fan. Stupid. I know. She's Stupid. like,
1: why is this here? Yeah.
0: And she, and like, Brandon is talking to them over the comm, and he's going,
1: Wait a minute, we gotta go across this thing? Yes. Well, don't look down. Commander, what I'd give to see what you're seeing? What are you talking about?
0: You're deep in the underbelly of the
1: Omega 13. Oh, it must be spectacular. Well, it, it doesn't look like much to me. It's you know, just these few walls and this spinning fan that we have in every single
0: <laughs> and they look above them and there is like all of these gigantic atomic particles floating around just whooshing around and it's just it's a gorgeous science scape
1: Brandon what's the Omega 13 device do um, many happen to believe that it is a matter collapse bomb capable of destroying pretty much everything in about 13 seconds but myself and others are convinced that what it is is a matter rearranger affecting a 13 second time jump to the past
0: this movie is so meta there's lore about the lore yes like that oh this is the kind of shit i live for i bet i bet Meanwhile, Guy is in full Private Hudson mode. He is Bill Paxton from Aliens. Yes. He's got himself an enemy gun, and he is prepared to die a hero. Yeah. I just love the little arc that Guy has in this movie, where he goes from the guy who dies before the first commercial break to the plucky comic relief.
1: Yeah, to the plucky comic relief. Yes. I'll go in. I'll create a distraction. I got this. I'm okay. I might be able to hold him back long enough for the aliens to escape. It's suicide. I'm just a glorified extra, Fred. I'm a dead man anyway. If I'm gonna die, I'd rather go out of here than a coward. Guy, maybe you're the plucky comic relief. Did you ever think about that?
0: This is the part where Fred and Laliari start kissing each other. And she just starts kind of slowly turning back into a squid person while they're making out. Like, her tentacles come out of nowhere. Yeah, behind his head <laughs> and on his shoulders. And, like, Guy is like, come on, guys, stop, stop, stop doing that. And then they fall on the floor. And they start, like, I don't know, squidding.
1: Hey, Fred. Oh, God. Um... oh that's not right. No.
0: Someone in that writer's room was like, we have to get a tentacle porn reference in there somehow <laughs> for all the nerds. So Brandon's been directing them through all these all these ducks and then they finally goes, okay, so it's going to be a left up ahead and then straight on through the chompers. The chompers? What are those? And then they... Come around the corner, and it's this hallway with these gigantic metal plates, like it's fucking Mario or something. Yeah, y'all have seen movies smashing vertically and horizontally through the hallway. This is like some Indiana Jones shit. And I love this shot, because you can obviously see Sigourney Weaver actually says... Well, fuck that! <laughs> but they've dubbed it over <laughs> to make it look like she, to make it sound like she says, "Well, screw that!" But they... her mouth is obviously saying "fuck." <laughs> but I think that's a great little adage there because they didn't want it to be a PG thirteen movie, exactly. And <laughs> like, I... I really wish it would just have been, "Well, fuck that!"
1: <laughs> well, screw that! How are we supposed to get through this? No, I think mean, we shouldn't have to do this. It makes no logical sense! Why is it here? Because it's on the television well, show! forget it! I'm not doing it! This episode was badly
0: written! Gwen is all of us. <laughs> she can't make sense of why these things are even here. Whoever wrote this episode should die! <laughs> <laughs> and so they have to, like, they... Uh, somehow... Make it through the choppers. One of the kids is like watching the show and using a stopwatch to time out the pattern. Because so have the Thermians. Yeah, I know. Why? (laughs) Why? There are people who know information like that. There is critical infrastructure down this hallway. Why are we making it so hard to get to (laughs) on our own ship? (laughs) Alex and Quellic manage to normalize the air pressure in the cabin so that all of the Thermians won't suffocate, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I love it because Alex thinks he's finally getting to take his victory lap. Because everybody can breathe again, and they stand up and they go, He's done it! <laughs> he has saved us! Commander Taggart
1: has saved us! <laughs> it's just not fair.
0: This <laughs> is just not fair. Because he did that. <laughs> uh oh. We have to stop laughing. Yes, we do. It's time for all laughs to stop. Yes. Because as they're celebrating, a stray guard has slipped past them and shoots Quellick in mm. the back. Mm. Quellick. I know. This is a Rufio moment, right? Right, like, yeah. This is a big time Rufio moment because Quellick is laying in alex's arms dying and i have i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry Because this is where he tells... I wish I had a dad. Yeah! Like you. He does! All of this has just been whack for Alex. Yeah. Because he's like, oh my god, I can't believe this is fucking real and these people actually worship me. And then this is, I think, where it finally kind of gets to him. I know. And then he gives Quellick the best gift he could have ever given him. Yeah. He says the line completely unironically and with complete sincerity. Quellic?
1: Grab hammer by the sons of Warvan. You shall be avenged.
0: I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. The big smile Quellet gets before he just goes limp he dies with a smile on his face yeah and i just like ouch yeah no that hurt me bad that came out of nowhere and then you know what alex does he gets up goes outside and tackles that space orb <laughs> he fucks that guard up royal yeah. he gives the best face in that shot gwen and jason finally get to the core of the protector and all they have to do to stop this core meltdown is Push a giant blue button. (laughs) Isn't that always the way? So nerve-wracking. And they press the button, but the countdown on the meltdown doesn't stop. It just keeps going. Yeah. He pushes it again and again and again, and it won't stop. And he's like, what the... Well, Brandon, what's going on? But Brandon's not answering the Vox. <laughs> He's finally taking out the garbage. <laughs> He's been forced to take the trash out. He's running to the curb. <laughs> Mother, I cannot express <laughs> how important what I'm doing is. Don't forget to do the recyclables. <laughs> and like Gwen and Jason are standing there thinking they're going to die. Yeah. They're like holding each other, getting ready to just taste the sweet release
1: of death. Yeah. Nine. Gwen I. hate. Eight. eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two,
0: one. The countdown stops at one. Because that's how it always happens in the show. <laughs> These fucking Thermians, man. That is just, that is a great joke. It's not just sci-fi, any action movie. Yeah. The bomb always stops at one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The entire crew gets back to the command deck and they're going to try and outrun Saris. And Jason orders Tommy to fly them back into that minefield they came to The Tothian minefield from 2185. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, the very same. And he's got a plan. He has Tommy drive close to all of these mines. And then Tommy turns the ship around and starts... Heading straight on into Saris's ship. Mm-hmm. It's like they're playing chicken with each other. Like who's gonna blink first? <laughs> Poltra. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they're playing space chicken with one another? Yes, they are playing space chicken with one another.
1: Armor almost gone, Jason! You fool! You fail to realize that with your armor gone, my ship will tear through yours like tissue paper. What you fail to realize is my ship is dragging mines. Who no,
0: Turn! Turn! <laughs> like, you can see all the mines following <laughs> the protector. And Sarah's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is an absolutely amazing moment. <laughs> turn us around. Turn us around. <laughs> and Tommy just whoop right around Sarah's ship. And then Sarah's ship explodes. The whole warship blows up. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. And like, Mathazar, I love this. Mathazar is now like in a cast with crutches. Yeah, yeah. And he comes onto the command deck to congratulate them all on successfully convincing Saras <laughs> that they were all actors. Des- it- Quite a deception indeed. Ah, 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 ah. Oh my God. And it gets very sad very quick because he realizes that they're all going to go back to Earth.
1: What's the matter, Mathazar? We were hoping you could come with us. My people have no commander. are I think you, your people have a great
0: commander. I love that. Oh, like, not I mean... validation from Tim Allen.
1: <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. But I like that Jason has emotionally, you know, progressed in this movie. I guess you could say Jason's grown a little bit. Yeah, he sure oh, has. Whatever. I'm very tongue-in-cheek about it. Tommy takes them back through the black hole that they came through on their way there. And they pop out on the other side in their own galaxy. And this next part happens very fast. Yeah. Like, Fred comes through the door of the command deck. And, like, Jason's like, Hey, man, what are you doing up here? You're supposed to be down there with the engineers. And Fred takes out a gun. And shoots Jason. Fred, what are you doing up here?
1: Shouldn't be downstairs until we just... Hey. You know, you could put an eye out with that thing. Fred?
0: It's not Fred, it's Saris using one of those Thermian appearance thingies. Yeah. And he just starts shooting everyone. Everyone's dying in front of Jason's eyes. Yeah. Like it's all in slow motion, it's really horrible. And you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Everybody's dying, what the hell is and like the ship is hurling towards Earth with no one to steer it. And like Jason has one last idea. This is Activate the Omega-13! Remember that cliffhanger. We don't know what this thing is or what it will do. Yeah. And like this big trigger comes out of the armrest of his captain's chair, uh-huh. and he just kind of leans on it. starts rearranging. Matter rearranges to 13 seconds ago. We go back in time 13 seconds. So Brandon was right. Yeah. Let the nerds do the work. Let the nerds do the work. Let those web sleuths do the work. And then it goes right back to when they're like, all systems are working, Commander. And then Fred comes in the room. And like, (laughs) I love this. He doesn't even get close to Jason the second time. Yeah. Jason tackles his ass. And he's like, listen, it's not Fred. It's not Fred and then Fred materializes into Saras. Sarah stands up like he's gonna kill all of them, and literally Mathazar just hits him with his crutch. <laughs> yeah, he hits him with his cane or whatever. I'm telling you, it's not Fred, that's Sarahs He's gonna try to kill all of us. Never give love- up, never surrender. Oh, my God. Okay. So the ship is hurling towards Earth. And the thing is that the protector itself is so big that if it tries to enter the atmosphere, it will literally explode. We need to separate or we'll die. And so the Thermians are going to get back on their half of the ship. Yeah. And the cast is going to get on the command deck half and re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. They're going to shoot off in the first class part of the ship. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry. And, like, the Thermians are all running back to their half of the ship, and Laliari comes with the crew. She comes with the cast. Yeah, she comes running up with Fred, and Mathisar is looking at them holding hands. He's like, oh, that's cute. Sure, Laliari, you go ahead. You go. (laughs) You can go be human now. Yeah. And they all get back in, and they are, like, hurling through the Earth's atmosphere, Everything's shaking and very dramatic. And I shit you not, y'all. Tommy literally crashes this spaceship into the side of the convention hall. They literally stumble out of the wreckage onto the main stage. Yeah. Like yeah. there's an audience waiting for them. Here's my question Tommy had to have killed some people. <laughs> like, I know it wasn't Tommy's fault. <laughs> per se, but, like, there's got to be people dead in there. (laughs) Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do know. And so, yeah, they just start exiting the ship like it's a big entrance. And I'm like, I can't believe all these people are like, wow, they blew up half the convention hall (laughs) for this entrance. They think it's part of the show. I can't even. The lawsuits. (laughs) <laughs> the lawsuits, and then there's that big part of the ship, like it's a gigantic piece of evidence that it's all real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we never address that. Never touch back on that again. <laughs> and you know what? The other thing I hate is what? Sarah still isn't dead. Yeah, I know. He's still he comes to inside the ship and hears the applause outside, uh-huh. and he wanders out on stage and takes a gun out like he's gonna take over the place. And literally, Jason does like a William Shatner tactile role. Yeah grabs the gun out of somebody's belt and blows him to Kingdom Come. Quick, quick, quick. Go, 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 go. That's the end of Ceres, and everybody's happy, I guess. He murdered that creature on stage in front of everyone, and they all thought it was part of it. Yeah, they all thought it was fake. No one has any questions, they're just like, wow, Wow. the production value's excellent. And you know what this all does? It initiates a reboot. (laughs) (laughs) This is 1999. Yeah. And we're already flirting with the idea of bringing things back. Yeah, I know. And like now we can't, we can't, we can't get away from reboots anymore. (laughs) Every time I turn around, there's a reboot. Ah!
1: (laughs) And now, back again after 18 years, the new adventures of Galaxy Quest.
0: Galaxy Quest, The Journey Continues. Yeah, whatever. And like, lo- you mean Star Trek Next Generation? Yes, yeah. yes I do. Uh-huh. And like Laliari gets to be on the show now. I love they're crediting everyone and it gets to Laliari. It says Jane Doe as Laliari. Because guess what? <laughs> There's no record of her being on Earth.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she doesn't have an identity. How is she communicating with people? Does she get health insurance? How is she on the payroll? Like she's obvious I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And then we also have another new cast member. Guy Fleegman. Guy is on the show as security chief officer Rock Ingersoll. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm glad Guy got on the show. Okay? <laughs> he earned it, goddammit. I guess he earned it. Like, he just kind of, I feel like he was just kind of there for the whole thing, but like, you know. And that's it, guys. That It ends with the reboot footage. Nah i love that movie so much it's very it's very dear to my heart i do love it i hate tim allen but you know yeah it's not so much about the tim allen for me it's the alan rickman for me i know i know and that that's a very good point point. and i love this interview that alan rickman gives like in 2009 2010 where the interviewer is like so you got to work with tim allen on Galaxy Quest, and like, and they were, and the interview is basically like, hmm? Hmm? Was, <laughs> How? "Was that hard? Was that difficult?" And Alan is was very restrained in his answer, and he's like, "It was interesting, and we got along well enough." <laughs> you know, I love thinking that like that, that there's no acting involved. Yeah, that, they <laughs> they actually hate each other. I I, I really <laughs> hope they did. <laughs> But, like, when you think about it, yeah, I I think that's my favorite part of it is the collection of everything. All these talents coming together. I mean, like, I mean, with people like Tim Allen and Tony Shalhoub, like, you know, I don't really give a fuck. But, I mean, I like Tony Shalhoub. I like like Fred. I like that character. And I just, especially, I mean, I'm basically here for Allen and Sigourney. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, they're my faves, obviously. It's, of course, it's an affectionate parody of science fiction. But, like, I also think of it as... L- like, the genre taking its own inventory? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to also think of it as a love letter to fandom itself. Yeah! like be- That's a great way to look at it. Being obsessed with things and having all of these really detailed interests, and then finding a community where you can be with other fans and talk about theories and who do you ship and what do you think is going to happen next. I love that part of media the community that you get out of it indeed through fandom indeed and so i just i love the spirit of this movie where it's like obviously they're not the actual space heroes but they're space heroes to somebody Uh uh-huh like whether it's real or not the things that they did on that show spoke to people Yep, and it stayed with them and it became a part of their adorable dumb little lives fuck guys Carrie Ann really said it all yeah I don't really have a whole lot to add to that (laughs) I think you summed it up beautifully. Like, yeah, absolutely. I I agree 100%. I see you personally so much in those kid characters who just know everything about the Protector. Oh, yeah. From the command deck to the last lug nut. Yeah. Ask me about Hogwarts Castle. (laughs) I can tell you anything about Hogwarts Castle. I know you can. Absolutely. It's in Invinashur. It's in Scotland. (laughs) Where Hogsmead is? How Absolutely. many how many staircases are there? How many staircases are there? Uh-huh. There are 192 staircases in Hogwarts Castle. It actually says it in the book. Wow, I that was mostly a joke. I didn't expect there to be an answer! N- See? There is. There is an answer, guys. <laughs> tell me guys, if you are listen, if this podcast is in transmission to an alternate universe out there <laughs> where J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World exists, if you need any help, I'll tell you how to get to class. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you for joining us for birthday month in the month of September. I'm sad it's all over now. I know. Our birthday months have come and gone. Another birthday month in the books. But guys, you realize that as September draws to an end, are you ready? For spooky season? Spooky, scary skeletons <laughs> and shivers down your spine. I am living! I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And so, guys, you know what that means. Scary movie. Yeah, we're gonna do some spooky things for ya. Alright, why don't you tell them about our first selection for October? Guys, carrie and wanted to get this one out of the way, so we're doing it first. Uh-huh. Next week, we will be covering the 1990 Stephen King novel adaptation of... Misery so folks tune in for that next week in the meantime you can go follow us on twitter at kick and stream k-i-c-k-n-s-t-r-e-a-m you can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com that's with an and not an ampersand and don't forget folks please be practicing the three r's rate, review and retweet. Rate, review, retweet guys even though it's not our birthdays anymore like it'd still be a great little holiday gift for us just go leave us a review tell us what you liked about the show or what you did like about the show. Share us on Twitter. Share us on all your social media platforms. We'd love to get the word out there. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, Sorry Mom. Got the news. Got the news.